Hello and welcome to Scary Pair, the horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. I can't do math. I'm Opal. And we're watching 7,964,053,973. It's Cube 1997. Yeah. That's 1997 Cubed. Oh. Yeah. That's so smart of you. Get ready for some math jokes, everyone. Oh, this is a math movie. Uh, it's directed by Vincenzo Natale, starring Maurice Dean Wint, uh, Nicole DeBure, and David Hewlett. But <laughs> I first, don't think anyone's in this movie. It's very Canadian. Uh, extremely. Uh, Opal, what have we been up to this week? We saw a couple different movies. Yeah. Uh, so, we, we, uh, in our pursuit of movies that are like gremlins that aren't just gremlins... <laughs> We watched Critters. We did watch Critters. I wanted to see it because it was a, a Giotto Brothers movie. Yeah, um, that is the 1986 Stephen Herrick film. It's okay. It's funny. It's firmly a alright B-movie. Yeah, I, I'm interested in Critters too because I've heard that that one is a little more critterful. That uh, one's got more critters in it. The thing is, Critters 1 only has like eight critters in it. Yeah, and I could use some more critters. We could yeah, we could definitely use more critters. I gotta say, the critters were the good part of critters, which is what you want. <laughs> I don't know how you can be scared of them, though. They are just like rabbit size. I love them. They're little horrible gremlins shaped like ball. Yeah, you could punt those things. Um, Anything else on critters? I... Uh... I don't think so. I mean, you know, it's critters. It, it would do. It would benefit her a lot from not having like a shit-eating little kid in it. Oh, like so many movies. Like so many movies. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely recommend if you like a, a B movie creature flick from the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that's what it's got. Uh, we rewatched some Jurassic Park sequels. We did. We did just for the shits and giggles. We watched The Lost World and Jurassic Park three, and uh, Jurassic Park three is still better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have to take a second. Yeah. To say that I fucking hate Hulu's subtitles because yeah, they simply they are, do not work. They're broken right now. Yeah. Every every time we try to turn on subtitles, they just break. Yeah, and it like. Not necessarily that, like, the the dialogue in Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, was, like, gonna save it for me. I mean, we, but, I've seen that movie enough times where I know what's being said. Uh, I haven't really. And the fact that, like, almost all of the dialogue is people mumbling like this in between, like, dinosaurs screaming at yeah, the top of their lungs. Right. It just means that it's, like, not a fun auditory experience. And uh, do, you, do you want to tell them about my crime? <laughs> My, oh yeah, please. My childhood crime. Please. Okay, so the Lost World. Everyone knows how the Lost World ends. It's the most important Do part they, of that though? movie. Do they though? Well, <laughs> apparently, ch- uh, child, you did not because as soon as they leave the island and they get on the helicopter, I would turn off the movie because I thought it was over <laughs> <laughs> so... for like years and years. So just to be clear, just to be clear. The only scene that I remember from The Lost World as a child was the part where there was a dinosaur in San Diego, and you just didn't watch that part. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone was ever watching these VHS tapes with me, because I think they would have said something by then. Because, like, they get in the helicopter, the music's playing, they're back in the city, it's over. I'm like, yeah, it's over. Movie's over, movie's done. (laughs) Dink, turn it off. Yeah, I turned it off. (laughs) Uh, that's just great. That's I, fantastic. <laughs> I just thought it was over because that's when it ends in Jurassic Park 1. Yeah, they get in the helicopter. They fly away. They leave. They leave. They just leave. The movie's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Jurassic Park 3, I don't have a ton to say about it. It's it's pretty good. It's, it's okay. Like It's got more puppets in it, which I like. I do like the puppets. I love the way that movie looks, I think. Uh, it's a blissful 90 minutes. It is shorter. That is uh, a lot of points yeah. in its direction. Yeah. Uh, one thing it has in common with this movie that we watched this week. <laughs> it's short. That's true. That's it helps true. out a lot. It doesn't feel like it sometimes, though. <laughs> no. We'll I get into like, it. I feel like I've had a different viewing experience every single time I've watched Cube, though. 
We should talk about that. All right, but before before we get ahead of ourselves, we did watch one other new movie. Yeah, we both saw Saint Maud, which From came out twenty nineteen. Uh, I thought that was good. A twenty four movie. Yeah, I, I liked it. I love, I love kind of like. You described it as a fem cell. Movie. <laughs> okay, so just I gotta. Okay, I'm getting up on my soapbox, and I'm just saying to everyone out there that. We need to, like, cool it with calling things uh, femcel things or people femcels because it's weird. However. It is a femcel This movie. is the femcel fucking movie. And I like that as a genre because it is a genre. And I know other movies that fit into that genre. It is a genre. It is about um, a woman who is so lonely that she um, ruins her life. She becomes so Catholic. And the lives of people around her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do think, okay, to talk about the movie for real a little bit, I do think it is a little bit about how, like, a certain brand of Christianity is, like, exists specifically to ensnare vulnerable to be and lonely and people. flagellating Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and it, it just only serves to make you uh, hate the world around you and yourself. Yeah, it's a, it's um, a great movie for that. Yeah, so I... I did enjoy it. I thought it looked pretty good. That director's making a movie with Kristen Stewart uh, that I don't know when it's coming <laughs> out, but exciting. I'm just looking forward to that because yeah. yeah. Speaking of femcel actresses, yeah, <laughs> I feel like she could. I feel like she could do it. Um, yeah, my my other femcel movies would be like Black Coat's Daughter, uh, the movie May. <laughs> you haven't seen the movie May, but that's kind no. of a femcel movie. Black Coat's Daughter's a good movie. <sighs> yeah, it's good. I I love. Uh, bleak and lonely <laughs> movies for women uh, and saint maude one of those it, it was is good, it's absolutely one of those it was good i liked yeah. it with that should we get into should we get into cube, cube talk this isn't a lonely movie because you're always with friends in the cube you're never really alone no you're never alone in the cube <laughs> all right not really um so i mean it's cube uh <laughs> <laughs> the premise of Cube, people wake up, they're in a cube, they try and escape. There they're are traps. Is, okay, take a shot every time they say the word traps. Oh, they love they love to be talking about the traps. Because I feel like you could <laughs> you could sprinkle other words in there, like mechanism. No, or like, it's always trap. It always traps. Check for traps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they could say tricks. <laughs> no, they're only saying the word trap. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, okay, so some background, I guess, on this movie. Uh, there's not a ton, because it's Cube. It's, well, it's kind of a, it is kind of a cult movie. It does yes. have a little bit of a following, so, and I understand completely why. So it is a it is a low-budget uh, horror cult movie from the 90s. It's also Canadian. It is Canadian. I think that adds to the to the. It cult does, factor. it does, absolutely. Um, when I say low budget, it was really low budget. Like half of their budget was people doing work for free. Yeah. It's like that level of, yeah. of, of production. I mean, um, it makes sense when you think about it and when you see the movie though, like they only had to build one room. Yes. So that's the whole idea. There's a super small cast. There's like seven people cast in the entire movie. Some of them do not have lines. Uh, there's a single reused set. Um, they filmed it in three weeks. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, the director, Natalie, has come up on the podcast before. Um, he did Splice and some other TV after this. The Ginger Snaps writer and producer had worked with him on stuff before. Right, okay. Um. I mean, it, it's Canada. Yeah. <laughs> We're all talking to each other in yeah, Canada. Yeah, Um, I mean, th- that's kind of, and that's kind of like the end of the production, you know, like, it's apparently inspired by a uh, Twilight Zone episode. L- I could see that. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty good. Uh, the The director, um, Vincenzo Natale, also the writer, so it's kind of just like his projects. He manages to scrape together enough of bu- enough of a budget to shoot it. Like you said, it's a bit of a cult movie. Didn't really like hit exactly, but you know. No, it was supposed to be remade, but that's probably been on hold forever it was it was remade in japan yeah apparently in, in 2021, 2021 which is bizarre it is bizarre but i you know what i can see it because I, we're uh that might be like a post squid games world where we're looking for like other stuff like that 
and we're like, why don't we use Cube? Yeah, no, it makes sense, right? Because it's like, oh, you want to do a movie? Because this movie, we'll get into it, but this movie's about society. It absolutely is. It uh, has a lot to say about uh, different people in society and society at large. Yeah, um, and you could like, say that the people are the real monsters, not the cube. <laughs> well, but we'll talk about it as we get into the movie. But this makes a ton of sense as like a Squid Games style revival kind of a sure, thing. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, we can basically just get into the movie. That's kind of all the preamble I have. This is a math movie. It is a math movie. You've seen this twice now. I have. How did you feel about it the first time versus now? Uh, the first time was kind of like I didn't know what to expect. And it's a really dumb movie. So I think I was a little bit like, okay, this is dumb. And I also saw it a long time ago. Yeah. This time I was a little more in for it. I was like, yeah. all right, let's do the dumb, stupid math movie. Yeah. Um, and it was good it surprised me i know that's me too i feel like i have a weird graph of like first time watching it firmly in the middle i'm like okay second time i watch it with you it's like oh this is stupid (laughs) third time right now watching it i was kind of into it (laughs) a little bit i think i think we need to talk about because you are you're a little bit of a of a cube fan You've seen not just Cube 1. Oh, I'm part of the Cube crew. The Cube crew, yes. <laughs> You've seen all the cubes. The How many I mean, are there? There are three. There are three cubes. It's not It's not a high number, but <laughs> I was... Well... The second one is called Hypercube. <clears throat> I thought it was Cube 2 Hypercube. It's Cube 2 Hypercube. It's Cube Cubed Hypercube. Because the two is, like, up. Okay. <laughs> That's... <clears throat> It's a really, really bad movie. Yeah. But I kind of am charmed a little bit by it. Yeah. Do so, you feel, where do you feel like this one rates on like the cube uh, pantheon of cubes? It's the best one. Okay. First one's the best one. Okay. Because like I was looking at your letterbox rating and like this one has like a three. Uh-huh. Cube two has a, a one. Yeah. And cube three has a half star. <laughs> Ooh, I haven't seen that one in a long time, though. I forget how bad visit, it actually maybe? was. Okay. That's like the lore one, though. Okay, interesting. This yeah. one, a little bit sparse on the lore. I think it helps it. We'll talk about it as we get I'm into okay some... with it, but also if you know the other stuff about it, I think it also still holds we, up. We might sense. drop some cube lore mid Yeah, I think you almost have to a little a bit. A little at, at a certain point, yeah. We'll get into it. Uh, yeah. Apologies to anyone on the podcast. I'm recovering from a cold. Thankfully not COVID, at least as far as the tests tell me. That's what they uh, say. So if there's any sniffling or coughing I don't manage to cut out in the edit, uh, apologies. I feel fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's good. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> should we just get Should we just get into the summary? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. A guy wakes up. He's in the cube. He's bald. That's right. I Does this guy have a weird bald head to you? What <laughs> weird owl? <laughs> I don't know, just the shape. I mean, he's got kind of a skinny head. Just so you I know. I don't know if that's weird. Lots of people have a skinny head. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he uh, turns a handle on one of the wall panels, which opens. It uh, leads to another cube room. Uh, same story with the other panels on the other surfaces. Uh, the rooms are different colors. Yeah, they're color-coded. But they are like uh, otherwise identical. Yeah. Um, he enters a new room and is suddenly... Diced. <laughs> no, he, is, he, he himself is cubed. He is cubed by a trap. Uh, his little cubes fall everywhere. Like ham. His little meat cubes. And a cob salad. The... <laughs> Uh, th- this scene is like if it's the if you think of one scene from Cube, you think of this scene. I guess so. Or at least if you think of one death in Cube, you think of this one. Well, maybe that's because there aren't a lot of exciting trap deaths <laughs> in this movie. Like right. they they end pretty fast. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that's it. That's so... my one gripe. I think we could kill more people <laughs> with traps. We could. Uh, so we get our title card, Cube. Uh, and a bloody hand reaches up through a cube door. It's a new guy. He's dressed in the same gray jumpsuit as the first. Uh, and he wakes up an- another guy who's sleeping. A lady comes through another door. 
Yeah, everyone's just, like, meeting up. They rescue another lady from another room. Another guy comes in from the scene. Yeah, fucking clown car cube over here. Um, they kind of discuss their situation. They realize that some rooms are trapped. Uh, an old man, uh, one, of, one of the people, uh, tests one of the rooms with his shoe, which is quickly uh, flamethrowered. Uh, and they're like, there's sensors and traps. There's traps. <laughs> Uh, no, and nobody remembers how they got there, uh, but they have their names on their jumpsuits. Kinda. Uh, they speculate on who made the cube, maybe the government, maybe aliens. It could be the government or aliens. Uh, and then we get kind of kind of introduced to everyone. Uh, so we got Quentin. He's like the main guy. Uh, he's black. He's a cop, so he sucks. He does suck. This movie. Has some stuff to say yeah. <laughs> about that. Uh, next up, we got uh, Levin. Uh, she is so far just portrayed as a hysterical woman, although we'll get more into her character. She's a nerd. <sighs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, next is Worth, who is the quiet weirdo. Uh, then there's uh, Ren, who is the resourceful old man. I don't, I don't know if we're picking <clears throat> up on a theme yet. With these naming conventions, uh, I don't, I don't have this one. I mean, they're all named after prisons. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, that that makes sense. Leavenworth, yeah, okay, San Quentin. You didn't yeah. see, you didn't see that. No, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then Holloway is the calm older woman. Yeah. Uh, we get some other stuff like there are regularly repeating sounds, uh, and there's number plates for each room. Uh, but they got no food, so they got to figure out a way to escape. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting time movie because you don't know how much time is passing or how they're doing. But you can tell a little bit by how dry their lips are getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they, they try and use, like, the costuming to try and convey, like, yeah. time. Uh, which is an interesting choice. I mean, we, we talked about, like, all the sets are literally identical. Yes. Um, they're moving from one set to the next set, basically. It's good because their lips are chapping in the same way. That's right. Yeah. Um, Quentin figures out that Ren is a famous prison escapee. Uh, and Ren gives a tough guy speech about how you gotta save yourselves from yourselves. I would love to live in a world where, like thieves were celebrities again <laughs> where like nappers were like a phenomenon this is this is a guy that just got out of a high maximum security prison like the, he's, he's done it six times yeah like i knew that guy <clears throat> yeah um uh he then steps into the wrong cube and gets acid sprayed in the face yeah his face melts in it's pretty sick it's pretty good looking i like the look of this his face <laughs> turns into soup like a bread bowl yeah, like a fate, like a head bowl. A head bowl. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, everyone's pretty forlorn about this, but uh, Quentin tries to rally the troops. Uh, they have a group discussion. What does it want? What is it thinking? The cube is an entity. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the response from uh, Worth is that one down, four to go. That's what it's thinking. So some of these <laughs> lines are a little bit. We, you know, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit, but there's a lot of like people, sort of um, cool guy talking their way through this movie. I I don't think all the writing is necessarily bad. Like there are some good like conversations like that are like characterful later, but I think some of the one liners can go. It, it is. I will say it is extremely like movie writing though. It is movie writing. Yeah. Um. Uh, we learn a little bit about. The other survivors, Worth is an office worker, Holloway's a doctor, and Levin is a student. Everyone gangs up on Worth a bit because he's a loser. Yeah, he's just like, I don't know, man. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just sit there. He, he's, he's the cynical, skeptic asshole, right? So everyone's like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. Um, they inspect the room numbers, and uh, Levin, who's a math student, realizes that the room numbers are a clue. Math majors will be like this, though. Uh, it can be like this. She says, uh, oh, it's the prime numbers that are trapped. She She's only smart <laughs> when she puts on her glasses, though. 
<laughs> she's like, right, yeah. she, she has to equip them yeah, to, to yeah. know the numbers. Yeah. Um, th- there's like a whole conversation that's like completely superfluous and pointless where Quentin's like, oh, they took Holloway's jewelry, but Levin, even though you can see without your glasses, they left you your glasses because they want you to have them. It means something. They keep talking about how the people who put them in the cube want something. I think it's interesting to talk about when we don't really get any answers, like, either way. Yeah, but, but I mean, it, well, it is interesting, I, I guess right? this, like, the characters would speculate like that, wouldn't they? Yeah, it's a very, like, human sort of response, is like, let's find the meaning in all this this situation, even if there kind of is none. Yeah. Um, so, uh, with, armed with this new information about the prime numbers, uh, we get a montage of room numbers. We get, like, an in-sync music <laughs> video montage. Uh, with, like, snippets of conversation under it. So you kind of are getting a little bit of the characters interacting. Yeah, I think you can, <laughs> I think you can leave the montages. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't hate, like, the little bits of characterful dialogue, but it's kind of like a, okay, I can turn my brain off for this yeah. part. Yeah. It, it is just, like... Indicating the time is passing, I guess. Yeah. Um, they get to a room where everything around them is trapped, except for the room on the ceiling. So they gotta, like, climb up the little handlebars. Good thing everyone has good upper body strength. For real. I would be stuck. I, I would know. Be, I would be trapped. Well, you you simply wouldn't be in this situation. I simply wouldn't be. Uh, Quentin climbs up and opens the upper hatch, and someone falls through the ceiling. As we are introduced like, like to... Like a Looney Tune. Yeah, we are introduced to uh, Kazan, who is autistic. Yeah, also also a famous prison in Russia. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, this character... It's... There, there's no way to, to get around it. Um, there really isn't a way to get around they, it. They have is. written the kind of character who's like constantly tapping his head and wailing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a harmful autistic stereotype. And yeah. it's always really fraught and kind of hard to see when like you have these actors that are trying to act kind of autistically the, without yeah. like uh, i mean you know uh uh slurs are being dropped in this movie it is 1997 this is like the the mainstream cultural way that these will, people are talked about i will say one thing i was surprised on my third viewing a little bit that not a lot of people are actually being that mean to him, except the one guy. Yeah, so... Except the one shitty guy is being awful about it, and everyone else seems, like, yeah. kind of cool about it. Yeah, so Quentin's whole thing is he's he's the cop, so he's a horrible person. So he's, he's horrible to this guy. Um, both of the women uh, are, you know, kind of motherly towards him, and then Worth is, like, kind of quietly supportive as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we'll talk more about, like, this character as uh, Kazan does more stuff, but, like, it's just, like, there's... I don't think it's always bad, but when it's really bad, it's really bad. I I mean, it's just something that is going on in the movie, and, like, either it, like, physically bothers you and makes it difficult to watch the movie, or it doesn't, and there's kind of, like, nothing else to say about it. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously, like, a harmful stereotype. Um, I do think in some ways it is portrayed with a little bit of care and a little bit of thought, but in other ways not, which we'll get into, but it's just, it's something that's happening in the movie. No, I, uh, I don't think all of the actors' behaviors are, like, terrible necessarily. Some of them kind of track, but also, like, some of those speaking lines are kind of, like, awful. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's just it's just complicated. Yeah, uh, it is it is a complicated portrayal. I feel complex feelings about it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. We're, we're we both feel weird about it, but it's something that's going on kind of in the background of a lot of scenes for the, the most part. The third movie has some weird stuff about this character. Ah, okay. About how um, this is a person who was a character who got like brain damaged. Okay, that doesn't yeah. really track with the way this person behaves. No, but... it, it is it is more like autism in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so um, the characters have some more um, discussion. Uh, Holloway is very much like, oh, 
this is being done by the military-industrial complex. And Quentin is like, no, clearly this is rich people entertainment. Complex. I find it quite simple. <laughs> um, I mean, this, this is like something we're going to be talking about more in this movie, so we might as well get into it a little bit. Like, These are the two main characters that are going to kind of like <clears throat> butt heads on authority and their positions on authority. And I think some of their conversations are interesting. Yeah, I mean, they are like the two older characters i mean quentin is, is maybe not that much older than the rest um, but holloway is a bit older i think from the way they talk i think he is i think that's safe to say i think holloway's character is really interesting because they go all the way from like um she is a empathetic um kind of radical uh person all the way to oh she um at one point is like uh and this is why everyone who ever doubted me will know that blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think they go out of their way to make her sound very paranoid, even though a lot of Everything the things she says, she says, says is true. Like, is very, uh... It's, it's another case where it's like, it's a cartoon, and they're building up, like, more of a caricature of this kind of person. She's, like, a bleeding heart or whatever, but, like... I think all the characters in some way are kind of a little bit of a reduced caricature, but... Oh, yes. I mean, especially um, Quentin, played yeah. by Maurice Dean Wint, who is, like, just playing the most, like, chewing on all the fucking scenery. Yeah. Um, just being a... a, a Dickhead a, dog. A menace, yeah. basically, all the time. Um, and I, I gotta say, like, his character's shitty, but I love his performance in this. I think sometimes it's good, but sometimes towards the end it gets to be a little much for me. Yeah, it's it's complicated because I have, like, negative feelings about, like, the character, but I do like the kind of campy, over-the-top, like, stark raving mad yeah, performance Yeah, absolutely. Um, going through what is supposed to be a safe room, uh, Quentin nearly avoids a trap, uh, which gets him real pissed off, uh, and he starts to become suspicious of worth for reasons. Um... Yeah, I don't really know why. I think he just doesn't like that there's another, like, older man there to challenge him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you... It is, like, like absolutely, like, an alpha male thing from what I got. Yeah, that's definitely the vibe, right? Because the other characters are, like... Women. Women or, um, you know, Kazan who's disabled. He's kind of, like, a non-entity in that way. Yeah, so he doesn't like... feel challenged by him. Yeah, so Worth is kind of, like, you know... The, the person who won't get on board also constantly. He's like the thorn in his side a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that pisses him off. We're not talking about little tricks <clears throat> and traps anymore. This is just what the movie is about. It is just like the Stanford prison experiment or whatever in movie form. Yeah, we're, we're just going to be talking about like these... We've set up these characters. They're trapped. They have to work together. But they are going to fail to do that because of themselves themselves yeah so that that's kind of the story that this is turning into this is what those later saw movies want to be so bad a hundred percent right i i absolutely agree with you like i think um there's stuff that's like okay i need to talk about this the, you put your phone down i put my phone down because i have to this is just shooting from Hit me the ren the guy who dies at the beginning the old man who's like no one's gonna help you you have to help yourself this movie that that's fucking jigsaw and this movie is smart enough to know that, that guy, guy's that guy's stupid that guy's fucking stupid and he is dead immediately the that's right the only way to get through this situation is to trust and work with other people and to believe in the potential goodness of humanity i'm so glad we did saw before this it is like i mean you're so right though well it's just like that's gonna be the core thing of this movie is like is can, that they need each other right because yeah. they they're they all have a specific set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> they all have their gifts. They they all have their like uh, League of Legends ultimate talent. Yeah, um, and like because of the circumstances that they're in and their own personal hangups, they're going to uh, succeed and fail yeah. to work together. They they all have their Danganronpa talent tree. It is very yeah <laughs> one of those. Um, but I, I do appreciate, like, that the, the first character who's like, no, it's all about just being a fucking hard ass and, and keeping your eyes open, man, and trying to survive uh, immediately gets fucking owned. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I, I love that. Face um, turns to soup. Yeah. Um, getting back on track. So the crew uh, rests for a little bit. 
Levin does some equations. She does. There's a lot of, uh, <laughs> we are doing math. Long form they're, math. They're like, they have these like buttons on their clothes that they're pulling off and using to like write on the sides of the cube. And you just see like equations, like it just pointless numbers. Right? It is. The, the movie does <clears throat> try to think itself very smart, but it is just like, just trust us on this. She can do the math. <laughs> Quentin and Worth get into an argument about nothing, uh, and Worth reveals that he designed the outer shell of the cube. Yeah, like the like the chocolatey outer shell of the Klondike bar. Absolutely. Um, oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> they have some some nebulous arguments about uh, American imperialism and hegemony. Um, everyone has different positions on it. That's right. We do learn all of their positions. Yeah. On, like. <laughs> The state um, of the Union. You know, Worth is the cynical skeptic. Holloway is the paranoid, quote-unquote, radical. Quentin only thinks in kind of a straight line because he's a cop. And Levin is the depressed, helpless young adult, right? She's like, who cares what I think? <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, I can't do anything to change this. I'm a college student. This yeah, sucks. Yeah. I, I think this is very characterful and good, this conversation. Yeah, I, I do think that conversation is really good. And also kind of just, like, reflects on what's going to happen in the movie. Like, yeah. what their roles are going to be, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and there's a lot that I like about it. Like, um, like Worth, his perspective is he's an office worker who, like, yeah, he designed a little part of this death machine and doesn't feel any personal responsibility about it and doesn't really feel any kind of way about it. Because he's like, well, what am I? I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I sit at my yeah. desk. I, you and know. Holloway's maybe like, maybe you should think about building part of the death machine. <laughs> yeah, Holloway's like, hey, this is all part of the death machine, including uh, the, the cops, and uh, which pisses Quentin off. Right? Yeah, of course. And you know, Quentin wants to be like, hey, uh, you know, I I put my ass on the line for you people, but it's clearly like he never. Okay, we'll see throughout the movie. He never does. That's right. <laughs> he never has. I think this movie, by making, like, Quentin is, like, at times the hero, but is very quickly revealed to be, like, the villain. The... I mean, he's a statement character, right? Yeah. Like... Uh, he, he is definitely, like, there for for the writers to, like, make a Cops comment. be like. About, yeah, about this is the kind of person who upholds this kind of system, is that this is how they see yeah. things, and this is how they operate. Now they see other people. Yeah. What do we like? Yeah, so this is all, like, very characterful. Um, Quentin punches Worth a bit. Uh, and Levin is like, hey, I have some technical detail questions about the composition of the cube. Yeah, we have to learn about the dimensions of the cube. Yeah, uh, Levin has a brain, a brain blast and realizes that um, the numbers on, like, the, the cubes are coordinates within a 26 by 26 by 26 cube. Um, but there's still a few things that don't make sense. Geometry. Uh, so, we, we talking about the math. Let's talk about math, because I'm so good at math. Alright, so the, this movie had a math consultant. Oh. Uh, David Pravika. Um, that makes me horny. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so there's there's an outer shell uh, with inner cube rooms. Each side of the outer shell is 430 feet long. The inner cube consists of 26 cubed equals... 17,576 cubicle rooms minus an unknown number of rooms to allow for movement, each having a side length of 15.5 feet. A space of 15.5 feet, 4.7 meters, is between the inner cube and the outer shell. <laughs> this goes on. So... <laughs> um, so... Yeah, there's some math. They're in a yeah, cube. Yeah, yeah, we do fully spell out the math. If you're a math person, you math, might love this. You might, or you might think this is stupid. You could, you could. But think about factors. Yeah, think about factorials. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, they come to a dead end. Uh, sur they're, they're surrounded by traps. So they decide to risk moving through a uh, sound-activated trap. Because they're really close to the edge of the cube and they're going to get out, right? So, we'll chance it. So we get a long, drawn-out sequence of everyone trying to be quiet as they climb through this room. Uh, which culminates in Kazan almost getting Quentin killed. Uh, nah, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine, though. He was there at the end. He's fine. <laughs> uh, 
Um, he is, of course, pissed off. Uh, and he gets into a big argument with Holloway, who says um, some stuff about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we <clears throat> make some assumptions that turn out to be true. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, right? Because the way that this is framed is that the things she's saying are just like a, a hot read or like a cold read on him. But later we are going to learn... They're true. These are true things true. that she knew about him for some nebulous, uh, un- unexplained reason. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he's a he's a piece of shit. We don't need to like, go into detail about it. Really. I mean, I I saw a study that only 40% of cops can solve the cube. And you should Google 40% of cops <laughs> to find out more. Yeah. Um... So they, anyway, uh, how did you feel about this, this long, like, uh, Mission Impossible sequence of them, like, <laughs> I mean, it's traversing a, the trapped room? It's fine, but I feel like you could have lost someone there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I don't want it to be, like, Cousin's fault, obviously, because that would be a whole, like, fraught thing where we have to carry that throughout the movie. But if but somebody just fucked up and died to a if, trap... If someone fucked up on their own... I, I mean, want to see someone to die to a fucking no, trap. We're, at this point, we're like an hour into the movie, and nobody's died to a trap in a fucking I, while. I had you check the timestamp on the second trap death because I knew that would be the last one. It's 16 minutes in. Yeah. Like, what, give me more fucking trap kills. Give me, give me more trap kills. Um, but they're so good at math, they avoid all they, the traps. Yeah, they've, they've used the powers of math. Um... To evade the traps. I will say the other movies do have more wacky trap deaths. That's good. I yeah. mean, what else, what are you doing with the sequels if you're not doing trap I made deaths? you watch uh, Cube, t- Cube Hypercube. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a <laughs> surreal um, weed dream a little bit. Alright, with a bunch of trap deaths? Yeah. That could it, be fun. It makes no sense. <laughs> Alright, uh, so the gang have finally made it. They're at the edge of the cube. They open up the last door, and it reveals a bottomless pit. Yeah, fun! <laughs> um, so they're like, okay, what the fuck do we do? We're at the edge of the cube. There's like a big chasm before we get to the outer shell or whatever. So Holloway's like, alright, I volunteer. You can swing me around on a clothes rope, and I'll try and find like a way out of here. This is after she's been punched, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quentin does punch a woman. Yeah. And it won't be the last time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, they do this. Uh, she has a final moment with Worth that is kind of kind of nice. Yeah, they, they share each other's like first names. And he's yeah. like, you're such a Helen. And he's right. <laughs> he's she right. is such a Helen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, I, think, I think it is interesting that um, all the characters except for Quentin are white. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's really saying anything about race it, it necessarily. Is, is, I feel like I think it is explicitly not saying anything. It's not. It, I feel like his cop identity like overrides everything clearly. But yes, no. If I was, I was going to say that this movie is only interested in people's jobs. It is not interested in like the way people look. It, I don't think this movie necessarily like believes that because Quinn is black, he has like a unique perspective or anything. I, no. Which it, is like a direction you could I, take these movies, right? Like if you're going to do like a microcosm of society, you could bring race into it, but this movie very much not interesting. Could. I don't know if I would want like these same writers like approaching that or not. No, uh, probably not. Probably not. Given the way they've handled other sensitive topics, probably not. I, yeah. I think there's a reason that a lot of movies like this don't touch it. Yeah. Um... So Holloway's swinging around. Uh, they she doesn't find anything, uh, and when the cube rumbles for a bit, she almost falls. Uh, only for Quentin to, at the last moment, uh, get a sicko face and drop her to her death. As soon as you see he's the last person holding her, you basically know what's gonna happen. <laughs> well, it's interesting, right? Because they've been arguing, but like up until this point, he has not been. He has Evil? not. He has not directly killed anyone. No, but like he this. has punched her in the face he's been violent and he has suggested like let's leave people behind which yeah. is evil right but like this is the first time he has like followed through and actually killed yeah. someone um so we're getting sicko with it so but the rest of them don't really have any way to prove this so they all just kind of recoup they, and they, they know though that you can tell that they're weird you can the tell out. that they know yeah um so they decide to rest we get a weird montage sets of breathing music 
Uh, yeah, it's the same breathing music that's like Imogen Heap, like trying yeah. to like get up off the couch or something. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, at this point, Quentin tries to, uh, abscond with Levin. Uh, he gives her a sicko-threatening speech, uh, plus gropes her a bit. Uh, yeah, this turns into, like, an almost, like, semi-sexual assault scene, which is very uncomfortable. It, it definitely, like, comes up short of doing that, but it definitely wants to make you your mind go there. Yeah. Um, Without really showing it. Um, and, like, we've... Other characters have, like, made comments that he's being, like, weird to her anyway. Yeah. Like, maybe he shouldn't because she is younger. I don't I don't know if it is tactful that it does not follow through on this. Or if it is just, like, we have to keep the movie moving. Um, probably both. Yeah. Um, but Worth and Kazan arrive to kind of briefly... It, it basically toes about, the line. Yeah. Um, but Quentin just beats the shit uh, out of Worth and drops him down into the next room. Uh, the rest of I will say it is a little bit funny that the rest of the movie is just tossing him yeah, into rooms. Yeah. Um, where uh, he starts laughing because they find uh, Ren's body from the beginning, revealing that Headbowl. they've gone in a big circle. Yeah. Um, this makes Quentin break down. Um, but all of a sudden, Worth is like, wait a minute, the rooms, or we, we haven't been going in a circle, the rooms have been moving. Because this Obviously. edge of this room is still the outside. We're still on the edge, but we weren't on the edge at the beginning. So blah blah blah. Um, Levin uh, does some more math to figure out where the exit is and uh, when that exit room will be in the correct position. And long story short, they have just enough time to to get there if they can figure it out. Um, but unfortunately, they uh, st- haven't figured out exactly how the trap rooms work still, so it's time um, for Kazan to use his... Superpower. His idiot savant powers to calculate the factors of large numbers to lead them to Yes, it is, it is a stereotypical uh, savant-type deal yeah, where the, he knows the, like, the... They, crazy factors off the yeah top they of his they, head. they read um, three digit numbers and are like how many factors does this number have and it's okay um, I'm fine with it at the end of the day like there are people who can <clears throat> do that absolutely but uh yeah and it it is like a stereotype I, absolutely I don't the thing is like everyone up until this point has had a cartoon superpower so him, he he does have a cartoon superpower I guess so so him having one is like not that egregious compared to everyone else. like I guess his is just he can do math better but only in like a very constrained way so I don't know uh it so why is Levin here why do we need we even need her anymore uh well <laughs> um. So, um, they, uh, start moving through the rooms, uh, but Worth, uh, eventually traps, uh, Quentin, like, kind of in between, and they manage to kind of get away from him for a minute. Yeah, they juke him. Yeah. Um, but, while leaving a room, uh, Kazan doesn't quite make it in time for the cubes to shift, uh, but Worth just goes and finds him, because he doesn't go very far. Yes, yeah, see, the the rumble effect for the rooms moving is very funny. Uh, it's really funny, both, like, the visual effect and also the noise, which apparently is partially because um, there was a railway station uh, near filming, and they, uh, they, couldn't, just used that. they couldn't get rid of the noise, so they just left it in. Oh. Well, it was really convenient for the train to come by every time they needed to change rooms. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so th- this this basically doesn't amount to anything. It's kind of just like a time wasting thing. Um, they worth worth rescues him. Um, they make it to the correct final room uh, in time. Um, they they waste a bunch of time fiddle farting around like, oh my god, it's actually <laughs> there. <laughs> Um, Levin has, has like, a little quip that, like, it's the room we started in. Yeah. It, like, we I never mean, should have moved. Because it's, you know, society. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um, and they reveal the exit, which is just, like, a glowing, uh, it's just glowing with white light. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Because you, you, I'm okay with the fact that you don't actually know what's out there. And I think that means, like, 
you don't actually know what's going on in the world out there. Like, is this the future? Like, is society's d- destroyed? Like, whatever. I, I mean... I, I do think it's funny it's that... It's the unknown. I do think it's funny that the way you escape the cube is you walk into the bright white light, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's doing something with the imagery, for sure. Um, Worth suddenly decides that he doesn't deserve to live. Th- this is kind of lame. Um, I mean... I, the the thing about Worth's character, right, is that he presents himself as a very aloof and uncaring guy, but actually he is torn up about the fact that, like, he makes the world it's, worse, It's right? a guilty conscience thing. Uh, but also, like, just like real life, this person gets a little exhausting. 100%. It's like, dude, we're at the fucking exit. Can you shut up? You can have your crisis of guilt or whatever once we are in the ball of white light like come on but but does he know something that they don't know about the outside world that they haven't seen in who knows how? not according to this movie okay the sequels and they beg to differ i don't know i don't know um uh yeah he, he makes a comment like the only thing out there is boundless human stupidity and levin's like i can live with that yeah. which i that's I, the best you can do i you know which uh, is immediately um, cut with uh, Levin getting stabbed in the fucking chest. Yeah. Because Quentin has snuck back in. Uh, he, he got there somehow. And he fully, kills her. Fully overacting at this point. Oh, yeah. He's, he's just like a, a little demon. Um, um, uh, he attacks Worth as well. Um, Kazan uh, escapes through the hatch and Quentin goes after him. But a at the last minute revived Worth grabs on to Quentin just long enough for the rooms to move and for Quentin to get smashed. Uh, I wish you saw any of it. I, I, I do. I think, like, some of the, like, just showing, like, a bloodstain of, of him left Yeah, you get, like, a funny, good, like, but... tech demo of, like, the cubes moving. I and, do... Like, there's a smear on the wall. I do think, like, the CGI tech demo cubes moving looks pretty bad, but... Um... It does, but it could be way, way worse for yeah. 97 for low budget. Yeah. Um, uh, Worth lays down next to Levin to die, and Kazan wanders across the bridge into endless light. As we roll credits. Yeah. Uh, that was Cube. I thought you were going to say, that was cute. That was cute. It was kind of cute. Cubed. Uh, I liked it. I liked it this time. Next time I see it, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, for all of its, like, stupidity and overacting and callousness at times, um, it is just a character piece with a couple of good kills. Mostly a character piece. Yeah, I would um, say so. And, like... Decent, and it's okay at that. It's decent performances from nobodies, even if it is, you know, hamming it up. Like, I don't mind it. I think it's a lot of fun. Every once in a while it feels a little, like, ugh, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, we we talked about kind of, like, what's going on thematically, right? It's the idea of, like, can these people come together and help each other to escape the death trap that society has built? And the answer is, um, sometimes. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you know... I. I don't know if it has, like, a, a rock-solid answer on, on that. I think it is a little nihilist with the way that, like, everyone but the autistic person who's unburdened by society's evils is the one that, uh, you know, he's the one that survives. Uh, yeah, I don't, um, I don't know about that either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but... I feel like the sequels definitely do, like, ruin that simplicity in yeah. premise, though. So, so I, I like how little is described, um, so let's ruin that. Let's talk about, can you can you drop some cube lore on me? Sure. So, all of these people are death row inmates. Which, I guess you kind of get a little bit of clue of that. Like, maybe they're prisoners because they're all named after prisons and things like that. And I mean, they're all wearing, like, identical gray jumpsuits, You, you can right? kind of, like, intuit maybe that could be... A possibility. Right. But uh, according to Cube Zero, uh, they have signed on for this because they're going to die And and had their memories wiped, They they did have their memories wiped. And this is like a weird government thing? Maybe government, maybe private institution. It's not fully explained to what I remember. Okay. Yeah, because this movie is very much talking about how, like, oh, like, these private contractors make all the little parts and nobody really knows necessarily that they're making the death machine, even though they have a pretty good idea. Yeah. And that kind of absolves people of having to think about it. 
um, which is interesting. Right? Yeah, Cube Zero is just about people who made the death machine. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is, I mean, <coughs> which is a little boring. It is. It is more of a, like, saw, like, you're all awful people direction, which was already kind of in this, but also not yeah, as I much. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, bits, there's bits in this that I like. Like, I like the... the there's bits that I like and bits that I don't. So I like that, you know, they, they do, like, come together, like, somebody does escape in the end. The stuff that I don't like is, like, the fact that basically all the characters who are, like, real characters die... Um, I mean, you gotta be prepared for that in, like, movies like this, though. Yeah. Like, an um, everyone dies scenario. It, it just feels a little, like, okay, uh, you know, I understand that, like, you want to come out of this and have, like, a, a kind of negative view on society because it is portraying, like, a very negative, like, this is the way society puts you in a box, systemically kills you, right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't help when you learn that if you... Ex- escape the cube you also just die yeah that's not great in, either. in cube two i think she escapes the hypercube and just gets shot in the head yeah. i think that's yeah <laughs> i i don't think that helps uh, yeah going into the white light is like a much uh, nicer metaphorical image yeah than you could have like, left me with that you get executed yeah yeah so i don't know I, I mean i think it's pretty decent it's 90 minutes it's fun in parts there's a few things that you kind of have to deal with but you know Give me two more people to die to traps. Yeah, give me a couple more trap deaths, and I'm, like, fully, fully on board for this. So, uh, should we... G- give me a goofy guy named, like, Smormoo, <laughs> who dies to traps. <laughs> do you want to Do you wanna just go ahead and rate this let's, movie? Let's get into ratings. Let's put down some numbers. Uh, first off is the spookiness rating. Uh, how good were the scares and the vibes? Oh, what would you give it? Uh, one times two. 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 Okay. Uh, Explain yourself. It's not a spookiness movie. It doesn't have, like, a scare factor to it. It it, it does have some good, like, gore effects. Well, one, I guess. It does have a good gore effect (laughs) in it. But beyond that, I don't know if it's a scary movie. Yeah. It's um... scary if you think about society. (laughs) No, like I don't I don't think the the kills are like pretty gnarly, um and I think like some of the vibes of like there are people trapped in a death machine are, are good, but it's not scary. No, not really. Uh the the most it tries for that is like the ooh, everyone's doing um going across the monkey bars trying to get through the quiet room and that's still not that great. Uh, so yeah, I, like... I feel I feel like this type of movie is never really gonna scare me that much. I feel like you're never gonna do it better than like original Battle Royale, which is just scary because it's about Japanese high schoolers and how <laughs> fucking crazy they are. Well, and Battle Royale, a movie that's just fucking full of characters who exist oh, only yeah, to die. Just we just got get... fifty people just to die, just to get fucking their strap head in, blown up. We're so. never gonna do it like them ever again. Yeah, uh, a lesson for everyone out there. Put more nothing characters in your horror movie just to kill Die them in, in sick a ways. Wild way. yeah, yeah, please. Um, next up is uh, watchability. How easy is it to throw this movie on and have a good time? For me, this is like a oh I, I don't know if I gave it a spookiness rating. It's like a two. For me, watchability. I think it's like a four. I think it's like a three for me. I think it's because of because of my graph of liking the movie. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I like it and sometimes I don't. Yeah, that's fair. I think like there are a few things that you gotta be aware of. You going have to into be this. in the mood for it. You had to be prepared for you it. You have to be prepared for it. But it's pretty quick. I happen to like the hammy overacting. Um and you know, there's just enough I, I think some of the math is kind of funny. The math is funny. I, I do just laugh at numbers because I don't understand them. <laughs> Alright. Uh, and last up is the Vincent Price vamp rating. Uh, how good was the campiness and overall performances? I also think this is like a three for me. Just because, uh, there are some people that are going for it. Sometimes it's a little bit too much. Sometimes a line will just read really flat and I won't like it very Uh, much. But some, I think some of the performances are okay. I gotta say, Nicole DeBoer playing, um... Uh, uh, Levin is not great. She's not She's my favorite. She's got a few stinker line reads in there. Yeah, but I think uh, some of the older people do okay. 
Yeah, um, I I really like until we're um, going like off the shits. Like that's a little bit too much for me. Yeah, I I really like um, David Hewlett as um, what's his as Worth. Um, I think he's pretty good. Yeah, he's fine. I love that kind of of um, adversarial character in movies who yeah. exists for everyone in the movie to be annoyed at them, but who comes through. Um, so I'm I'm a fan of him. Um, I think I think yeah, it's like a three. It's like a pretty. There are ups and downs to the performances. There's some good camp. Um, there's some bad camp. There is uh, some bad camp. Yeah. But, but that's still camp. <laughs> yeah. But pretty pretty enjoyable on the balance. Yeah. yeah. So a nine for me, an eight for you. Is it? Three, three, and two? Yeah. Yeah. So that's an eight? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that sounds That's about, math. <laughs> that's math. That's math, baby. Mine is three squared. Nice. Not cubed. Not cubed. Not cubed. I can't give it a, I can't give it a 27. Uh, okay. Any final thoughts on the cube? They do basically have the in English four eyes scene. Oh, it's in good. It is very good. Uh, in English? They're fucking our pussies. They're fucking our pussies. <laughs> Anyway, movie sack. It's time for the sack. I added some new movies today. Okay, this is the movie sack segment. This is the part of the show where we pull a name, a sack out of the movies, a movie out of a sack. Uh, Opal, you prepare the movies. I pull a random one out. That's how we decide what we're There's watching. Like eight or something in there right now. And and according to you, these are good. oh i added some today i'm trying to go into my rolodex i think they're all good i think they're all exciting i think this one is good and exciting next week we're gonna be watching pontypool oh yeah i'm an advocate for this movie as you know this this was um when when we started um dating we did have like a hey you should watch like some some movies that i like uh sort of a thing and pontypool was one of them uh, I, I do have a secret. This is like a movie that I show people a lot. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, because it's it's one that I know that they won't have seen, and I can vouch for it. Yeah. Yeah, this is 2008, uh, directed by Bruce McDonald. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to do this one. I don't know if I've seen it since we first watched it all the way back. It's, it's exciting. I've seen this movie a few times. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that. That's a good one. Zombies. Kind of? Zombies. Another movie that's about society a little bit. A little bit. Uh, so look forward to more well, of that. Well, that, that's zombie movies. Oh, yeah. What if we were the monsters? I know. <laughs> that's why we can't do like hardly any zombie movies on this podcast, save for maybe a few that are different, because they're all just like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like zombie movies, but yeah. Well, we'll see if we get into more zombie movies, what we actually have to say. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see you next week, I guess. <laughs> All right, Opal, where can everyone find you online? Uh, you can find me at opal.card.co, and you can find the podcast at Scary Pair on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, follow the show. Uh, you know, let your friends know about it. We like having new listeners. We, we like, love it. Well, you know, retweet when we post the link to the podcast or something. Share it with everyone you know. Yeah, the the cool people at least. Come on. Uh, I don't know. If you shared it with a hater, I would also be kind of curious. You'd be fascinated to know. What, yeah, like, I want to uh, know what they would say. I wonder if anyone hate listens to this show. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> funny. Please tell me if you do. Uh, yeah, reveal yourselves if that's you. Yeah. I'd love I'd love to, to have a hater among us. <laughs> among us. Uh, I'm at putrid underscore imp and at puppeteer click on Twitter. Uh, I do another show at Level With You Pod where we play World of Warcraft Classic for a few hours and chat about it. We're, our episodes are getting a little further in between. It used to be weekly. Uh, we're kind of trying to get back to monthly. You're figuring stuff out. Yeah, but, um, you know, listen to this show. We're almost done with Wrath of the Lich King. Nice. Uh, and that's going to do it. Join us next week for Pontypool. That's going to be great. And uh, Opal, 
Yeah. Each room is labeled with three identification numbers, such as 517-478-565. These numbers encode the starting coordinates of the room, and the X, Y, and Z coordinates are the sums of the digits of no! the first, second, and third number, respectively. <laughs> Make it stop! <laughs> Goodbye.